Today's episode of the Planet Football Podcast is brought to you by T-Mobile. See how T-Mobile has changed the game at the 2016 T-Mobile Home Run Derby. Go to tmobile.com slash MLB to see how. Welcome to another Euro 2016 edition of the Planet Football Podcast. I am SI.com soccer editor, Avi Creditor, joined today by SI.com's Alexander Abnos and a special guest. Uh, you might know him for his time at Celtic and with the Greek national team. Uh, he is now with the NASL's Rio OKC, Giorgio Samaras. Thanks so much for joining us. Hello, how are you? Doing great. How about yourself? Uh, it's great here, you know. I uh, really like the States. Uh, Oklahoma is a quite a nice city to try to develop the club here and the franchise. I'm very happy to be here. I don't know if the rest of Oklahoma City today are they're happy because KD left, but I'm happy. <laughs> Fair enough. Good to hear. Um, when, uh, yesterday, we're taping this on, on Tuesday. Yesterday was uh, was the 12-year anniversary of Greece uh, winning Euro 2004. Um, and I'm curious... Um, you know, just your your thoughts of of that run as someone who was on the verge of joining the the national team at that time. What do you remember about that, and and just what what do you recall? Um, you know, from that that special time. That was like a dream for everyone. No, not only for the you know for the for the squads that they were in Portugal, but also for you know the people back in the country that was in the games. I mean, nobody can believe it. They're incredible, you know. You know, people go on the street and celebrate and everything. It's something similar with Iceland, but I believe what we did was actually, you know, something special. But was easier as well because now it's one 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 more round. Right. Uh, so actually, now when Iceland played France in the quarterfinals, we were in the semifinals against Czech Republic. So we had one game less, but still, what we did was something amazing. Yeah, something that nobody will forget it in not only in Greece but I think you know, all around the world is something that we stay in history forever. Do you remember do you remember where you were when you were watching those games? Because you were at uh here in Wien at the time, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, uh, I the group stayed, I was in Greece for my holidays. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Good place to be. The, the group states. Uh, then the again again the game against France, Czech and uh, the final in Portugal. Uh, I was in preseason in Holland. Okay. So I was watching that with, uh, uh, with my teammates on that point. You, uh, you, you compared it to what, what Iceland's been able to do, but what about Wales? Because that's, that's a team, too, that, you know, not not a very strong, you know, international history, but here they are a, a game away from the final. And, of course, they have a player like Gareth Bale who is you know, a, a world famous and world class star, but um but as a whole Wales hasn't really been able to to do much. Would you think it would be, you know, as surprising if Wales were to go on and, and make the final and, and perhaps win the whole thing? Uh, of course surprised that there is a semifinals. That's no doubt about that, you know. Uh as you said, they have Gareth Bell that is a world class player. They have Baron Ramsey, you know, I believe he's is Excellent player. Uh, no, it's, it's a bit surprised that there is a there is a semifinal. I don't know if they can reach the final, but you know, at, at, at least you know in Wales they have 
known players that play in Premier League. Carlos plays in Real Madrid, you know. But uh, the Asda team, maybe you know only Sigurdsson, he's playing Swansea and he's playing Tottenham. So yeah, it's, it's a surprise. But I think the biggest surprise is that Iceland reached the quarterfinals. And the biggest surprise of all would would be Greece. Do you think Greece's Greece's championship would be bigger uh, than than Wales if they were to win? If Wales gonna win it, yeah. Would you think Greece's is still a more a more shocking uh, accomplishment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, in that period, uh, there were not many Greek players playing abroad from Greece. They most of them they play domestic. Um, we have a couple guys. Uh, I remember Delos, the defender, he was playing AC Roma. Uh, Delos, he was playing Bolton. The left back, Fisas, was playing Benfica, but they were like, maybe, I don't know, seven, eight players. They play, you know, outside Greece. The rest of them, they're on Pat Nekos, Olivia Kos. So after the Euro, they make the transfers. Uh, um, abroad so can't be the same can Greece be more shocked I don't know uh, you know it's difficult to, to compare this kind of thing yeah. to be honest of course we'll be shocked if Wales gonna win it all the way but uh, you never know eh? <laughs> in football you never know in football or soccer sorry yeah. soccer you, can, you never know. You can call it whatever you like, man. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You um, never know. Yeah, it's true. Uh, now, when you actually did join up with uh, Greece about uh, two years after that, right? I believe your deb- debut was in 2006. You had the, your, the Greece squads that you've been on have, been, have kind of got, done progressively better. Uh, you went out in the group stage in uh, Euro 2008 and the World Cup 2010, and then you made it to the knockout rounds of Euro 2012 and... Uh, and the 2014 World Cup. So what changed there? Like, what did that teach you about what it uh, takes for a smaller, uh, maybe less powerful uh, footballing nation to do well in these tournaments, uh, in big tournaments? Was it, what does it take for a squad to, to do that? Uh, look, but for 10 years, for 2004 until 2014, uh, we missed only the World Cup in 2006. Uh, all the rest, we were like all in the big tournaments, I think. But the boys uh, that they won the Euro Plus for build uh, for the next generation was the winning mentality, you know, to believe in ourselves that everything is possible. So with that attitude, okay, we were unlucky in the World Cup 2006 in the qualification that we didn't, we didn't go through. Until the World Cup of 14, we had that mentality. Uh, the mentality that nobody can win us, you know. We stay together like a team, teamwork, you know. If one of team, my teammates make a mistake, then, you know, we try to help him. Nothing to do with the talent, nothing to do with the ability, with the ball or whatever. It's all about the spirit we had. And I think that was our strong point. Something that now I don't think we will have it. And I don't know why uh, we lost it, but I think... From 2004 until 2014, and everything everything starts from the 23 players that won the Euro. I think it was all about the spirit and the winning mentality, uh, and that sometimes that's more important uh, than the talent. 
Um, I want to want to ask you about uh, the 2014 World Cup. Um, tough. Oh, that's painful. Don't I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, a tough a tough way to go out uh, in the knockout stage to Costa Rica and, and penalties. Um, were you in line to take the fifth penalty for for Greece? Uh no. Okay. But so, but what is that like, though? You know, being being in such a a, a tense. You know, we've seen in in the Euros a few times already that it's come down to penalties. Oh, it happens in every tournament. Like but the worst, that's the worst feeling. You know, I think it's the worst feeling you can have in in a game, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, you see Messi lost the penalty. You know, I think everybody in the world who bet that Messi going to score a PK, like he missed it, they missed the Copa America, so. You're never sure what's going to happen. You cannot be 100% sure, oh, this guy going to score, or this guy going to miss, or the goalkeeper going to make two or three saves. Yeah, do you wish Do you wish that it, it came down to, to golden goal? Do you, would you rather see that back, or, or do you have a, a, a different way to, to settle games that just that, that just uh, keep going on? Or it just penalties is, is the only way at this point? I, I, I really don't know. Golden goal... That's painful as well. Look, when you <laughs> when you reach the extra time, and you're tired, you know, uh, you have to play another thirty minutes, and you do score, then you go to PKs. I mean, you know, mentally, whatever gonna happen, or you go to PKs, or you get a goal to go, you know, mentally, you know, you're gone. Your your physically, your body, your you're tired. So I don't have any solutions. After 90 minutes, I wish all the games can end after 90 minutes with no draws. <laughs> just avoid that. Win or lose, 90 minutes. Oh, I don't know. Um, I gotta ask you. Uh, you played for for Claudio Ranieri a little bit. Um, yeah. With with Greece, uh, what was he like as the national team manager? And and could you have ever imagined, um, you know, what happened with him and and Leicester City? This past year, um, you know, it, it turning out like that. Yeah, look, I, I had I had Ranieri only for three games. Uh, national team, you know, he's a world class manager, coach. Uh, you know, he worked in Juventus, AC Roma, Chelsea, Atletico Madrid. You know, his his career is world class for sure, but it's a big difference. You're training a team every day and uh, put your mentality, your philosophy, your style of play, the best, then to coach a national team. You see the best only one week, every two months, every one month maybe, depends right. the games. So, yeah, for, before Ranieri, um, we had Ray Hagel, that he won the Euro for six years. Then we had Fernando Santos, and now he's with Portugal in the semifinals for four years. Day two, they had, uh, okay, and in the end, you know, the results was not good enough, and he left. So, we, you cannot compare Leicester with national team. You can compare maybe what he did in Chelsea, or what he did in Juventus, or what he did in AC Roma. Because he was there all year, uh, to compare it with the national team is unfair for us, and of course unfair for for him. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and and you mentioned Fernando Santos, and that's where I wanted to go next. Um, you know, he's leading Portugal now against Wales in the semifinals, and and I wanted your thoughts on on this matchup and and the other one as well, Germany and France, and and the other semifinal. But first. Um, Portugal, do you think it's a little ironic that the the former Greece manager is now leading Portugal and and with all the history between Greece and Portugal? Uh, and also just what what do you think of this matchup and and do you think uh, this is Portugal's time? You know, I had him for four years as my coach uh, in Europe 2012. You know, knockout against Germany, tough game. Then I woke up, I'm liking this Costa Rica. So he was successful with us. You know, you went to Portugal, better players, more talent, you know. Uh, so it's normal to go a couple rounds further that like he did with us. But he's, he's a, a fantastic coach, you know. Everybody loves him, the way he works. Uh, uh, you know, he's uh, one of the best coaches I ever had in my career. Um, I'm very happy with him that he is the semifinals. Uh, and now a game against Wales is a difficult game. Semi-finals, a lot of pressure for both of teams. I really, really can give a prediction what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe Portugal has more chances. But it's a difficult, it's a difficult game. You know, Portugal has taken on a little bit more of a defend and counter kind of mentality. Do you think that's kind of uh, ironic, given what Cristiano Ronaldo has said? especially about a team like Iceland and also about how Portugal kind of used to be. And, and the team that lost to to Greece was, was a more attack heavy, um, you know, kind of team. And now they've kind of taken on that, uh, that identity from Fernando Santos. Yeah. The thing is, the, the thing is, everybody was talking, it may be talking about uh, the last 20 years that Portugal is like the Brazil of Europe. Yeah. They attack in football, you know, play 4-3-3, great players. You know, I mean, the last 20 years, they have great players. I mean, they still go with Costa and I can keep saying names until until tomorrow. <laughs> but the Ritz only won the final 2004 in Portugal and they lost it. And they were playing attacking. And now people saying they play more defensive, and there is a semifinals. So in the end, it's all about the result. If you play pretty football, the beautiful football, or you play bad football, the defending football, in the end you're gonna remember the result. I mean, Greece in 2004 they play good football or bad football. Nobody remembers. They remember they won it. In in your opinion, is there is there such a thing as Good football and bad football. Does that really matter at all? No. no. Of course, you need to have a plan. Sure. And uh, you know the tactics and the system and the way you're gonna play and everything. Uh, but in the end, it's to win games. So now, if you win it by create two chances to score one goal, or create twenty chances and again score one goal. I mean, the result will be the same. or will be 1-0. So, yeah. The point is to win. That's the point. Now, some games you're going to play pretty football and you're going to win easy 2-3, 4-0, 4-1, whatever. And then it will be bad games that you're going to win 1-0. Yeah. 
in the, in the end, it's the same results, yeah? Two points. So. That's true. Um, m- moving on to the other semifinal, you know, that's from the very beginning, that that other half of the, the bracket was just full of, of world powers all over the place, up and down uh, the, the matchups. And, of course, it turned out Germany and France are now playing in the semi. Uh, what do you think of that matchup? And... and and which team do you think has has an edge, if if any? Like France is playing at home, of course, but Germany, uh, you know, they're they're an incredible team as well. I mean, this is is going to be the final, yeah. Right. That's it, it, and we talk, it, it and we talk, we're talking about semifinal, so <laughs> I don't know. You know, both of teams are in a great shape. You know, uh, I think the best players from both of teams are in a great form. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. You cannot predict what's going to happen. I mean, there they are no favorites as well. So it's fifty-fifty. Right. I know. I know Germany. I think uh, Hummels is not playing, and maybe Sami Khedira. Um, uh, they're not playing in the game, but still, they have players. You know, with world-class quality. So. Just let's go into in the game, you know. <laughs> for sure, it will be a great game. So I, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, you know, for the one side you have, you know, Brazil, and then France have Bogba, you know. Then you have Giroud, Griezmann. I mean, come on, they're, they're world class players in the world class games, you know. Right. You have Tony Cross. I, I can't go and say names and names. <laughs> you know, they play in Real Madrid. They play in in Arsenal and. Bayern Munich and playing, you know, the greatest teams in Europe. Oh, absolutely. Do you think, as a and as someone who's a a forward and and knows, you know, how how that impacts the rest of of the team? Mario Gomez, he's been he's been so influential for them since coming back into the starting lineup, and he'll be out uh, of this this game as well. How much of an impact do you do you think that has? Because without him, Germany doesn't really have a a you know, a, a quote-unquote, you know, centre-forward who can really hold hold things yeah. up and, and let things fall into place. Yeah, he's, he's a typical number nine, you know, the striker in the box that he can, you know, uh, go and, you know, jump for the headers and win the second balls or the first balls, hold the ball, and then all the team can you know, push up. And, uh, and of course, when... To crossing the cross, he's dangerous. Uh, I, I, I don't think they have another type of striker like that. And but when when he was in the first eleven, the first game, um, immediately you see the impact he had in the team, and how easier it was for the players around him, like Ozil Miller. They had more space to do their things. So uh, I don't know, but uh, he'll be a big miss for them because his impact in the last three games was. Was a very important from Germany. Of course, he he scored a couple of goals. So. Yeah, just his his setup play as well. Um, yeah. Against, against uh, Italy was was impressive. Um, well, thank you so much for for taking the time to join us today on on the Planet Football Podcast. Good luck uh, the, with the rest of the way with Rio OKC. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed your talk. <laughs> Fantastic, as did we. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll get back to it in a second. But first, we have a quick message from our sponsor. It's kind of funny. We were just talking about golden goals and how they can be 
a huge game changer or a game winner. Well, with just one swing, home runs can be the ultimate game changer as well. And at T-Mobile, they know how to change the game for good. T-Mobile has doubled their LTE coverage to reach 309 million Americans. That's a lot of Americans. And their extended range LTE reaches two times farther and is four times stronger in buildings than before. It's funny that just this past weekend, I was watching Germany and Italy at a bar and some guy I was watching it with said his phone didn't work in the building and he showed it to me and yeah, we were five feet into the building and he just had no service, which I'm guessing means he didn't have T-Mobile. Anyway, just as their network has you covered, T-Mobile has the home run derby covered too. And disclaimer, since this is a soccer show and I am a soccer person, it's taking everything in my power not to say home run derby instead of home run derby. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a go of it anyway and tell you to make your picks in T-Mobile's Home Run Derby Bracket Challenge at tmobile.com slash MLB for a chance to win a trip to four to Game 1 of the World Series. I went to Game 5 of the World Series last year. It was awesome. Go Royals. T-Mobile, they're changing the game for good. LTE doubled over 2015 and 2016. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Ends July 10th, 2016. Open to legal residents of the 50 U.S. states and D.C., 18 plus. Void where prohibited. For official rules and complete details, visit MLB.com slash bracket challenge. And hey, one quick note before we get back to the show. We're finishing kind of a, a marathon run of podcasts that were just based around the summer tournaments. We did a bunch of them about Copa America. This is one of the last ones we'll do about Euro 2016, obviously, because that tournament is ending. And then we'll get back to normal, but it's going to be a new normal. We're sort of figuring out what that is. Uh, We've done a lot of different uh, things over the last year. We've done a lot of interviews. We've done a lot of more reported stories. And we've talked a lot about the events of the week. If you have any thoughts about something you heard that you would like to hear more of on the show or any kind of directions you have about where you would like to hear the Planet Football podcast go from here, please send them along. We'd love to hear about them. My Twitter handle is at Anabnos. That's at A-N-A-B-N-O-S. There's also at Avi Creditor and at Brian Strauss and at Grant Wall. Hit us all up on Twitter, maybe, uh, and let us know what you would like to hear from the podcast going forward. Uh, We're trying to make it uh, bigger and better than ever before now that we're done with this insane summer of soccer. Or almost done, anyway. The Olympics are coming up. Anyway, uh, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Before we get on out of here, uh, Alex, I want to I get your thoughts on these two games. Um, Portugal and Wales first. Let's go with that one. That one's first. Cristiano Ronaldo and Gareth Bale, obviously uh, in the spotlight uh, of this game, the two Real Madrid teammates going head-to-head. Uh, what do you think of this game? It's it's an intriguing matchup. It's one that I don't think anybody really thought that we'd have at this late in, in the tournament. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know what to make of this game. I kind of wouldn't be surprised by any result like anything could happen in this game which is kind of a nice feeling to have for a semifinal um but in a different like i guess you could say that about germany and france too but i expect germany and france to be a little bit more cagey a little bit more defensive uh portugal and wales i think could be cagey and defensive it could be a shootout it could be it could literally go to a shootout or it could end like six five like i kind of 6-5 6-5 would be surprising, but, <laughs> but I I wouldn't be surprised if it was high scoring either. I think people are generally maybe expecting it to be a little bit defensive because that's how Portugal's kind of gotten here. They haven't won any game in regulation yet, which is amazing that you can do that and get to a semifinal of a major, major tournament. Um, and Wales' you know, defense has been, has been great as well. So 
you know, that wouldn't be surprising. But on the other hand, these are both teams that are, you know, Wales will be wanting to grab their chance because who knows the next time they're going to have a chance to be in the semifinal of a major competition. They're going to want to go to the final. Portugal has its own motivations for going there. Uh, so I feel like they're both going to want to actually attack from the beginning. I think this will be a really fun one. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I wish that the card accumulation rule uh, wasn't screwing it Ridiculous, up. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, you know, Wales is going to be without Aaron Ramsey and Ben Davies, who, who have both been extremely influential. I mean, look, Wales is not the deepest team in this field. They're very good, obviously, and they've they've been you know against Belgium, they were fantastic. I I thought that they you know obviously deserving to be here. Um, but look, they're without these two key pieces. And, and if you're a team like Portugal, um, you know, with the talent that they have, that can be exploited incredibly easily. And, and Portugal will be up without William Carvalho, but that's not, uh, you know, that's not as detrimental to them as, as the two losses are for Wales. And to me, that sadly is, is the thing that tips the scales. Like I, I, look, I think Wales has every chance to win this game. Portugal, like you said, has not been overly impressive. The fact that they are here, like, okay, good for them, but they finished third in their group, um, you know, behind Hungary and Iceland. They haven't won a game in 90 minutes. It's the evidence of them being these overwhelming favorites just isn't there. Um, and so it's it's a shame that we're not going to see two full-strength teams go ahead there. Oh, and it's funny because the the temptation here is to compare Wales to Greece just because they're underdogs that made it this far. But really, if any team most resembles Greece in this semifinal uh, field, it's Portugal because they win ugly or they don't win. They just get by ugly <laughs> is the whole thing, um, which, of course, with Fernando Santos's connection to Greece, as we talked about, uh, is interesting. Um, the other thing to keep in mind with Wales is that like they are they are shorthanded for this game. But they also played a as as good as they were against Belgium, and they definitely deserved to win that game. Belgium was also very shorthanded. They were missing what? Who? Jan Vertonghen, Vincent Company. That's and Thomas Vermaelen. And Thomas Vermaelen. Yeah, they were very they're, shorthanded. They're, defensively. Their defensive line was absolutely decimated by injuries or suspensions, or and they looked it like that back line for Belgium looked awful. Uh, the goals that Wales got were very well taken, but the chances were pretty clear. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I would I would lean towards Portugal in this game, but it's it's going to be a close one. Yeah, and Pepe, we should mention, has been has been injured in training on on the side um, in the days leading up to this game. I would still expect him to play. Who knows if that's actually real? It's Pepe. Uh, he's a phenomenal actor, uh, but he's also had a tremendous tournament for Portugal in the back. So if he is not at full strength and he can't go, then obviously that's. That's a huge detriment. To I was that. I was watching that last Portugal game with Grant, and we both agreed that like you know what Pepe is. I'm glad he's in the game. I'm glad he. I'm glad there's at least one guy like him in soccer. I think there should always be a villain at all times because otherwise it's just not fun to watch. Well, and he's not a villain. He's a darn good center back. He's, okay, he's an incredible <laughs> center back first and foremost. But people don't like him a lot, and I think that's sad because he's very good at what he does. That's true. There are pictures of him playing with his kids on the field after the game that actually made me have some uh, some some feelings, so, <laughs> some sense of feeling for Pep. Him. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the other semifinal, and that's Germany and France in this clash of heavyweights. France um, put a, a pretty abrupt end to the Iceland Cinderella story, 4-0 at halftime, uh, and, and that was that. Uh, and they look very good doing it, and now they're going to be at full strength. They have nobody suspended, nobody hurt. They're ready to go. In Germany, meanwhile, Matt Hummels is suspended. Mario Gomez is hurt. Sammy Kadir is hurt. Bastian Schweinsteiger is hurt. Um, you know, Germany's going to have some 
some questions. Um, but look, they're the reigning world champions. They have you know gotten over their Italy hump in the tournament, uh, which which was necessary for them. I it's man, it's tough to call. And of course, this is played with the backdrop of the last time they played against each other. Um, was in Paris in November um, when the terrorist attacks took took place outside, and they actually spent, um, you know, they, they spent the night together in this stadium, um, you know, while while far greater things than soccer was were happening outside. So, uh, a lot to to unpack with this game. Um, how do you? I mean, is France just the default favorite because they're at home and because they're at full strength? I think so. Uh, but again, you know. It's a semifinal. I don't think it would be a semifinal if it was so easy to call that we could just say, oh, yeah, France is definitely going to win because Germany are the World Cup champs and they are Germany and they find a way even after missing two penalties. Like how often do you see a team miss two penalties in a row in a shootout and still win the shootout? Is that not the most German thing ever? Like, <laughs> like even when they mess up in the shootout, they still manage to win. Uh, let's spare a thought for Italy, who... Uh, I don't think have been allowed to leave the Bordeaux Stadium yet because they're waiting for Zimone Zaza to finish his run-up. Still, still running. He's still running. He's still stepping. He's not quite sure what he's going to do yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I think France, have they have the home field advantage. And in a matchup this close, that's just kind of what you're looking for any kind of factor that can tip the scales. And combined with Germany's injuries, as you, as you mentioned, you know, Iceland is actually kind of a nice uh, matchup for them to have in the quarterfinals because that's exactly where... You want to actually build up some confidence. You know, yes, it was Iceland, but Iceland, they're not pushovers. They're a good team. They fought the entire way of 5-2. You know, they didn't give up in the second half. They beat them in the second half 2-1, technically. So France will feel good about that. They're they're riding high and they'll be at home. I think they take this one. Yeah, I'm leaning towards France as well, mostly just because it, they've, they've figured it out. I mean, they, you know, for the whole group stage, they labored throughout these games. They, they, you know, they left it late. They didn't, they didn't get it right from the start. And I think that's going to be the the key factor against Germany. Um, You know, Fier Didier Deschamps, you know, pick, pick the right squad. It's almost, you know, it's a blessing obviously to have, you know, the entire, the entire team open to, um, you know, at your disposal, but at the same time, you can't afford against a team like Germany to wait until the 80th minute to get it right. You know, just, you know, come out from the start with the, you know, the putting Griezmann in the center has been, has been so influential for them. Dimitri Payet, he's been great no matter where he's been on the field. Uh, but it seems like the connection is all there. And Giroud, you know, he gets so much crap from everyone, uh, but he's had a good tournament. Sure. He's missed his chances. He's Giroud. That's going to happen, but he's also scored some big goals. Uh, and, you know, and, and his, his layoff play, um, you know, for for Griezmann and for Payet, it's it's important and it helps. And without Hummels in there in the center for Germany, there's that question mark of of whether they can uh, you know stand uh, stand up to that. So to me, that's that's where the the obvious advantage is to France. Um, and and I I think I'm leaning toward the host here. I don't know if there's another player in the world that gets as much crap for when he messes up as Olivier Giroud compared with how little credit he does he gets when he actually does something really good. Because he does about equal amounts of both. He needs a lot of chances, and occasionally he'll uh, he'll bury at least a couple of them. But the misses will drive you crazy, and they do drive people crazy. And I think it's funny just watching people freak out over that, only to have him go on and probably score the winner in this game in the ninety second minute. <laughs> What's funny though, he played he played so well, um, you know, in the Champions League when Arsenal's back was was against the wall, and, yeah. And they and taking on a team like Bayern Munich, um, which. 
as you might expect, uh, as has a pretty big presence on this Germany team. So it's, I, I, I have no problem with how Giroud has played in in this <laughs> tournament. I think he's he's done a fine job, and and especially in place of Karim Benzema, and you know we all know why he's not on this team for France. Um, I. Look, it wouldn't shock me no matter what happens in this game. I, I think you're going to get a, a deserving finalist, but to me, I, I think France has has the slight edge. One more additional note: the player I was I've been waiting for Germany to actually to actually come into form for Germany throughout this whole tournament is Thomas Müller. Uh, he hasn't really done much of anything. He hasn't had an impact at all, which is really unusual for him. Usually, he finds a way to impact a game somehow, whether it be if not a goal, then a pass that sets up a pass that sets up a goal, or or just calming down play, or being available for the ball he's just teams have either found a way to limit his influence or he just hasn't been on it uh and i don't know uh which it is but if there's any game for him to just like magically get it back this would be the one and if he doesn't then i think germany's in a really 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 tough spot like he is he's a clutch player and they need him to come up and if he doesn't then yeah france no, that's that's a good point. He is a big stage guy. He's ten World Cup goals in his career, none in the European Championship. And he missed his penalty badly against Italy. He just just looks like a guy without the confidence you're expecting to see of him. Um, and and that's a good point. I think he's he's a, a definite X factor in the semifinal matchup. Either way, we're in store for two two great games. Uh, Can't por- wait. Yeah, Portugal Wales on Wednesday, Germany France on Thursday, both at three p.m. Eastern. Uh, ahead of Sunday's final, we will have another preview podcast for the Euro 2016 final uh, later this week. I believe Friday we will have that out, so definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to thank Giorgio Samaras for joining us earlier, Alex Abnos, uh, our star producer and co-host today. Uh, for myself, Avi Creditor, we will talk to you again next time on the Planet Football Podcast. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.